Welcome to the Tabletop Sportcast. I'm your host, James Cast. Today is December 17th, 2023, and this is episode 145. Today we're going to do the 2023 year in review. I'm going to talk about some of the projects that I completed this year, how the year went, new games, just covering a lot of different topics as I take a look back at this past year. As we typically do in a retrospective, I'll also talk a little bit about with my projects and with the gaming, things that worked, things that didn't work, things that we want to do differently in the future. Now, since today is mostly a retrospective, we are going to bypass the tabletop recap and get right in to today's main topic. Let's start by taking a look back at some of the goals that I set for this past year. One of which was to get every game that I owned onto the table. And I am close. I have one more game that I have scheduled to play before the year is over. And I've got a couple more weeks to work with here, but one more game, which is Status Pro Football. And it's a bear of a game. It's going to take me a long time to play through a game of that. Um, But I have my two teams set up, uh, or at least set up in terms of getting the cards ready. And, you know, looking forward to at least trying that one again. It's been a long time since I played some Status Pro football. The good news is I've had a lot more games added to my collection this year and had a chance to play a bunch of other games that I don't own. And so far for the year, I'm at 79 games that I have gotten to the table, which is a lot, a lot for me. And it's meant that I've been able to kind of broaden the horizons a little bit. So I'll talk a little bit about some of the newer games that made it to the table this year and and how how my reaction to those went. Another goal that I had was in terms of gaming sessions. And I did think about this year, like making it a little bit more manageable goal. And part of the reason I wanted it to make it a little more manageable was I, I had this idea that I would step a little bit further away from gaming this year. And it turns out I actually increased the amount of gaming sessions that I completed in 2023. For this year, we're up to I'm up to now 629 gaming sessions completed for the year. And a lot of that has been driven by the increase in Express Games making it to my table. Uh, Express Games just allow me to really stick to more of the 20 to 30 minute time frame a lot more often in order to complete a gaming session rather than 40, 60, 80 minutes to complete a gaming session as it typically happens with like fuller play games, like full play games. So a lot more sessions. And we heard a lot about those last week when I went through my top games of the year. And you heard just some of the numbers of sessions that I was able to complete with different games. So good and bad. I think on the good side for those goals, Uh, What went well was getting exposed to a lot of different games. You know, I was definitely making myself more open to 
uh, downloading different baseball games that maybe I wouldn't have in the past and uh, buying some games from different game companies that maybe I would have bypassed in the past. So those are definitely pluses that I was actively seeking opportunities to look for new games. I think on the downside, uh, by trying to spread myself so thin, I definitely was unable to get some of my favorites to the table more as often as I probably would have wanted to. And a lot of times once I finish like a project with a game, even if it was a game that I enjoy a lot, I kind of put it on the shelf and didn't get back to it because I was too busy trying to focus on adding more and more and more to the totals for the year. So those were two of the main goals as far as the year goes. Now, for my approach for project planning, I definitely restructured myself a little bit coming into this year. So for this year, one of the things that I did is I, I kept this idea of doing like monthly delivery, that every month I would have a project that would come due. And I also stuck with the theme that I had in 2022 of doing showcase events. But this year I tried to treat those showcase events more as an opportunity to get new, other games on the table and less as actual projects. So I think in past years, I would have considered those showcase events to be like additional projects. And while I still look at them as a chance to get like something quick done, I don't think that, that you know, they really do count as like projects because they're and if they are if at best, they're kind of like an extra small project. So I did stick with those two themes, though, and then I added a couple new layers to my project planning this year. One was to just kind of set out and say that History Maker Baseball was an always on event. And that was something I, I carried through the entire year. The second uh, goal that I set this year was to set up some quarterly projects and just decide that each quarter I would have a focus on a little bit larger project. And most of those ended up being kind of medium to, well, I, I would even some of them were like, there was one or two small projects in there, but they, they were typically like in that medium range moving into large. But a quarterly focus turned out to be a really good approach there too. And then the last element that I added to the project planning this year was kind of a special project of completing some historical replays. And again, it became an opportunity to get different games on the table, um, but only for that one single event. And the historical replays, I think, ended up being a really good ad as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about overall, like how some of these projects went about uh, for this year. And we'll start at the top with the History Maker Baseball. So my always-on event that I planned to start the year with was this 1977 Yankees replay. Now, because I spread myself so thin, I think as I started off the year, I was hoping to get like three History Maker Baseball projects done this year, saying, hey, if they're always on, I'm going to constantly be playing them, and I should be able to churn these out just a little bit more, especially since that would be my top priority. What ended up happening was a nice, steady, 
completion of one very large project that really took me pretty like 10 months to complete. And the reason it took 10 months is because I did. I completed like I would try to complete like a series a week. And there's a lot of series to get through a baseball season, uh, especially with a single, you know, a single team replay. So I didn't like overly commit to the 77 Yankees replay. I played a little bit each week, made steady progress on it throughout the year. And it gave me the freedom to work on other things, but that that never got that far away from the main table in a sense. So for 10 months, I really focused on that. And I think my plan was that I was going to finish it in like five months. But that would have required me to do some more intensive playing of that single project. But still, I got that one completed. And now I'm starting to work on a new History Maker Baseball project as kind of like the secondary one to that. Um, but I picked a little bit, I picked a much shorter project. You know, now I'm going to try to do the 1969 Mets, but only playing from September 1st on, because I want to get a feel for that season without having to commit to an entire season replay for a single team again. The quarterly projects, uh, I, I wanted to attack this a little differently. So with the quarterly projects, I took on obviously four of them. Uh, the first one was the Highlight Maker Hoops, uh, Hoops Madness. This was a project I had started in 2022 and knew I had a good body of work to still finish up in 2023. So I said in Q1, I'll wrap up that project. And the idea was that that would finish up in March, kind of like March Madness, Hoops Madness would wrap up and I would declare my champion. And this was a five season approach. I used five different pro seasons and kind of played a single elimination tournament all the way through. So that one went really well and it gave me a chance to really get exposure to five different seasons of pro basketball, a couple of which I really was only familiar with. So real happy to be able to take that one like all the way through there. The second project that I did was the 2020-21 New York Rangers replay. And in this case, I was trying to just take it through all the teams, uh, two games, play each team in the league, a home and home. And I knew going into Q2, I had a lot of games to complete. And this was a place where, you know, I, by the time I got to the end of Q2, I had not finished that season yet. So I kind of just drew a line in the sand and said, that's as far as I'm going to take this. Um, and we'll go back and talk a little bit about that. But uh, so that was my kind of Q2 project. In Q3, I did the uh, Legends of Boxing career campaign with Noah, the uppercut mauler Collins, and ran through his career. And again, knowing that I'm going to get to the end of this quarter and I'm going to just draw a line in the sand. And as far as I get is probably as far as I'll take this project for the time being. And sure enough, that's what happened. I got that project you know, pretty far in the three month span. And then lastly, in Q4, it was grid zone that I had lined up and completing season two of my American grid zone league, uh, where I had aged all the teams forward from the original set and was ready to play season two of that. And that was uh, what I completed in Q4. 
So what worked really well with the quarterly projects was having that kind of focus and getting games that I really enjoy to the table. You know, if you go back and look at that, that was Highlight Maker Hoops. It was Hockey Blast. It was Legends of Boxing with the career campaign. And it was Grid Zone. Four games that I really enjoy playing. And, you know, I could play those maybe throughout the year, but I think it worked much better to have like that really nice focus for a few months. And it does feed into the seasonal play here. You know, we sat down and talked with Sean Colnan. We did discuss this idea of playing baseball during baseball season, you know, and that typically tends to be more of the year, right? And he plays his football seasons mostly from like August to like, January timeframe again during that season when it feels like it's football. So I think that's an approach that makes a lot of sense. And um, I was doing similar things there, right? Like I started with basketball, kind of like a cold weather sport, playing that in, in the, the winter, the early spring, shifting into hockey as like the Stanley Cup playoffs begin. I was starting to play a lot of hockey on hockey blasts. Good time of year to be doing that. Moved into boxing over the summer, could be playing baseball, but as we said, I'm playing baseball, right? I have my always on project and then finishing up with grid zone, which is football like it's very similar to football and I'm playing that during the football season. So bringing some seasonality to those quarterly projects, I think worked really well. The other thing that worked well was just drawing that line in the sand for a couple of these projects. Like I could have taken Noah carter's career a little further if i had chosen to right um or noah collins i should say so i could have taken him a little bit further but i also knew he was starting to peak out you know and he was starting to hit kind of that you know he wasn't going to advance much further he has a shot maybe to get one more title belt at the level that he's at uh he might have to grind it out a little bit so I can always go back to that project at some point if I want to, but I kind of drew the line in the sand and said, okay, well, whatever I get to at this point, that's going to be the stopping point. And the same thing with the Rangers. You know, I, I, took, I played a good number of games because I was doing that quarterly focus. I got a lot further on that project than I probably would have if I had just kept playing a game or two each month. So having that focus to really drive forward on that got me a lot further towards the finish line. And I was comfortable with getting to a point and just saying, yep, I'm done with this project for now. I'll put that away. You know, they weren't doing great. They were going to be just about a 500 team. So it was fine. It was far enough for me to take that. I think on the negative side, it's, it's figuring out like, how am I going to repeat this? And as I've been doing some of my planning for next year, I mean, I don't want to put myself in the spot of saying, oh, let me do those same games again, right? So I think the challenge for me now is to think about how to mix things up with that quarterly project, because there are other games that I would enjoy playing. And there are some that we'll talk about from a project standpoint on the monthly delivery that maybe would have lended themselves a little bit better to a different format. So that's something for me to think about as I think about quarterly projects as well. Like how's the best way to approach these? And, you know, so overall I would say more of a success than a failure for the quarterly projects. And that's why it's going to be back in my planning for 2024. Then we get to the monthly delivery projects. 
there was a number of ones that I was able to deliver this year. Um, let's see. Going back to January, I wrapped up season one of my Wrestling America Federation using Face to the Mat. That was a 12-show season. That was really the goal was to just run through 12 shows. Then I finished in February, I wrapped up my History Maker Golf all-time great duels. That was a one-on-one -on -one competition, kind of like King of the Mountain, right, where there was always one golfer who was taking on the, late, the next challenger, in a sense. Um, and I kind of, you know, alternated between like a championship match and like a contenders match. And it gave some people a chance that even if they lost their title, they might have a chance to win that contenders match again. So went back and forth on that. That, that was a really fun project that I had started in 2022 and kind of wrapped up in 2023. Uh, same with wrestling America Federation. And then in March, I, I completed the fictional college bowl binge. Uh, this was a special set that was released by play. And that one, I knew what the exact number of games were that you were going to play. I, they, all the, the bowl schedule was part of the package, right? So I played out the entire bowl package. And that was one of the ones that I had a op good opportunity to kind of plan and say, all right, how many months do I need to be engaged with this to be able to deliver it on time for this final month here? In April, I wrapped up year two of my kind of uh, Legends of Boxing, you know, association where I've got a title winner for each of the different weight classes. And I just bring on a challenger each time to see if they can knock off the champion. So I have a whole schedule that I run through there and got through, you know, completed that year two schedule in April. In May... I created some fictional teams for Dice United and put them together into a just a tournament and ran like a small tournament. This was definitely a smaller project. I uh, was able to complete almost the entire thing in the single month because Dice United tends to be a little quicker game. And I only had to play like, uh, I think it was a nine team league. So I had eight uh, games that I had to play and, you know, was able to complete most of those in just a single month. In June, I was able to wrap up season two of my Wrestling America Federation. Again, doing 12 shows, kind of, you know, turned over the roster a little bit and was able to get season two done of, of that Wrestling uh, Federation. And then I had some issues the second half of the year with that monthly delivery, just like I have in years prior, because... Almost everything other than that Wrestling America Federation, you know, everything up until April was carryover projects from the year before. May and June were the ones that I was able to deliver a little quicker because um, there were smaller projects. And I started those in 2023 with the idea of delivering them in in 2023. I had some other projects that I was working on and I just wasn't ready to get anything across the finish line. So everything started moving back a little bit further um, as I started to move into the second half of 2023. So July, I didn't deliver a monthly project. In August, I was able to complete my 1986 uh, NFL Rumble with fast drive football. Uh, and again, that was a great project. Love the Rumble format. I, I did a show about that on YouTube, so you can kind of get an idea about what the Rumble format is. Uh, but that was what I completed in August. 
In September, I didn't have anything ready to bring across the finish line again. In October, uh, because I was doing some play testing of the recently released or, you know, just in the last day or two, uh, fast inning baseball, um, I was playing through a 1980 season replay for the New York Mets and got pretty far. Um, didn't finish that one, but I I got to a point where I felt good about it. And, you know, Al was making changes to the charts. So I decided not to continue on because it would have meant getting new, you know, using new charts. Wasn't sure how that would play out. So I just said, that's good enough. And I started play testing some different uh, eras for him instead. So felt good about just calling that one complete, even though I didn't finish the entire season. I, I got pretty deep into that season. Again, November, nothing was able to get across the finish line. And then finally, just today, finished up my red, white, and blue season that I had started at the beginning of the year. And that was with the 1980s stars for NASCAR. So wrapped up that one just this morning, made a post about that on the Play community channel. And that was it, right? Now now I've got some projects that are semi-completed, right? They are in the works and those will be carried into next year. And that's that's pretty typical. And I almost have to do that to have success early in the year. I think what I need to really think about. So what went well? Let's start with what went well, right? Well, what went well was you can hear a lot of different games there. Once again, uh, I've got face to the mat. I've got history maker golf. Uh, Second Season Express is what I played with the the bowl binge. Um, Legends of Boxing, again. I had um, Dice United, Fast Drive Football, Fast Inning Baseball, and then Red, White, and Blue Racing. Like Those are the ones that got part of that monthly delivery. Now, what didn't go well was I had to do a lot of maneuvering of my schedule in between because I realized at one point that, like, for instance, I had this Legends of Boxing historical campaign, but I also knew I wanted to do this fictional campaign using the the career campaign guide. And at one point I had some overlap there. I also had some overlap with, like, uh, playing some hockey at one point. So I, I ended up moving things around. And I think one of my lessons learned as I go into next year is, to really to kind of take that top-down approach. Now, baseball isn't always on with History Maker Baseball, but that doesn't mean I can't do other baseball as well. And I did that a little bit this year with some showcase events. But if I want to do like a monthly delivery or a co-op or something along those lines, then there's the opportunity to do that. But I think when it comes to my quarterly projects, like if I'm going to be doing like this past year, if I'm going to be doing basketball in Q1, don't schedule any monthly delivery of a basketball project. Don't do a showcase of basketball, like save those for another point in the year, because you're probably going to want to get that game on the table again later in the year. And now you've already finished this project. And that was probably one of the things I got away from a little bit too much. So as a lessons learned, yes, there are certain games that it's worth maybe doing a bigger project for, but also planning some smaller ones at different times in the year so that I can keep that game in rotation a little bit more. As far as what didn't go well, it's that obvious one, right? I need to do a better job of setting up future success in the first half of the year. I've failed the last couple of years on doing this effectively, but that's something I definitely want to work on for next year is 
how to get projects moving and in, in, and set them up for future success so that in the second half of the year, I can continue to deliver projects at a decent pace and have a good cadence on the delivery there. And that's going to mean setting them up in the first half of the year. So we'll see how that goes. That'll be something I work on. And a lot of that comes down to making sure that I've got decent sized projects, you know, and not always focused on maybe medium and large, but maybe there's some small mixed in there too, to allow me the bandwidth to get working on some other things too. The showcase events became a big way to focus on a lot of different projects uh, or a lot of different games. Um, I was pretty successful most of the year of completing the showcases. I'll run through just a few of the games. Uh, Dodgeball. I was able to get Cold Snap Express, Bolarama, The Squared Circle, Season Ticket Baseball. Um, let's see. Squared Circle again. Got that on twice. Uh, Stone Cold Hockey. Let's Play Tennis. Those are all some of the games. Right now, I'm in the middle of one that I'm I'm thinking it's actually going to be another project probably by the time I'm done, but hoping to get one more project across the finish line, uh, which is a I'm playing a tournament using History Maker Baseball Express and the 1961 Continental League. So that's the last project that I'm hoping to get across. The showcase events, you know, um, those are always interesting to be able to get and, and play through those and see how that can work out in, in terms of that monthly delivery. And I was happy to be able to get a lot of different games on there. That was the focus this year. I think next year, the focus with the showcases will be to, like I just said previously, figure out a way to get some of the games that I really enjoy playing on the table a little more often. Now, what didn't go well is I thought that I would use like a blitz event. And I was thinking about even like almost like a micro project for this of being able to get some games on. And I, most of the time I found it was just too small, right? And it was almost like and trying to find the games that were going to work for that level just didn't make a lot of sense. So the blitz events were somewhat unsuccessful and sometimes they kind of blurred with what I was trying to do in the showcase events. So overall for the showcase and the blitz, there's four projects that didn't get finished that I, I had planned. One was the pro football showcase uh, for 2023. I had planned on doing that, never got that going in the right direction. That probably cost me some playing with second season express. Uh, I missed on doing some demo derby. I was going to do like a blitz with demo derby smashdown. So one of the reasons it didn't get more play this year, planned on doing a small blitz with superstar baseball, just didn't find the time to like really set that one up. And then fury football was another one that I had planned as a showcase event that just didn't get onto the table. So I, I missed on a couple of these opportunities. Some of the lessons learned there was, that I do need, and we did an episode about having kind of a maintenance sprint. Like some of these require me to really have like everything set up ahead of time. So I have to plan some of these maintenance sprints and I'm probably going to kick off each quarter with like the first week, just being, all right, make sure everything's set up and don't like plan extra gaming in here. You know, now, now that I know, like I got over 600 gaming sessions complete, like I can back off a bit and I can give myself like, four weeks throughout the year, one each quarter to just kind of 
Make sure everything's printed. Make sure everything's cut. Make sure the you know cards are set up and everything's ready to go. And have those games ready for that that I'm going to be playing that quarter. So this way, it's not like I get to the point where I want to play it. I'm like, eh, I don't really have everything set up. So I, I definitely need to incorporate that in. I've also decided to do away with the blitz events. Um, You'll hear more about a new idea I have, and I'll expand on this more in my last episode of the year. But I have decided this year, 2024, I'm going to introduce a monthly tournament and add to like this idea of monthly project deliveries. I found one of the things that was really successful is trying to run through tournaments. So I'm going to run through some smaller tournaments with some of my card sets and and go through those and that gives me an opportunity to do all kinds of different things like replaying world series or you know bowl series whatever it might be it's a great opportunity to just you know replace the blitz events with an actual tournament the last thing that i did this year was historical replays this worked out really well i got a chance to do a bunch of different things i had originally planned on doing some um some of these were actual historical events and other ones were more like um, things like playing with the history makers who served, right? Where it felt like a, a seasonal event more than a historical event. But this year I did complete some historical events. I played the 1973 U.S. Open final uh, between Margaret Court and Yvonne Gulligan. I did the 2013 NCAA lacrosse championship game. I replayed a fictional version of like the 2003 history, uh, you know, home run derby using history maker baseball home run derby. Um, Replayed the 1983 uh, NCAA tournament trying to follow NC State through their run through March Madness. Um, Played the first ever World Series game uh, using pocket pennant run and playing that 1903 game one. Played uh, game five of the 1993 Eastern Conference Finals using Status Pro Basketball. Uh, Just recently replayed the 1963 Army-Navy game using matchup football. So I had a lot of different events that got to the table. Um, Also did like the first ever Royal Rumble. Played the presidential golf event. So I had some seasonal things in there too. My lesson learned there is I'm going to go 100% to a historical event and try to find those single events that work really well in a historical replay. And that'll be another project that I can deliver and maybe get a variety of games on the table as do, as I do that. All right, before we get into the second half of this, let's take a short break. Well, I'm going to take a short break, and then we'll come back and do a little bit more recap on 2023. So that's really the recap on project delivery. Uh, Let's now change focus a little bit and talk about some of the newer games in 2023. So last week went down my top list of games for the year, and that was based on the number of times that I've been able to play them on my table. But there were a lot of games that were brand new to me this year, and some of them were brand new games as well. And I think it's worth kind of recapping those. Now, for me, I actually got 32 games on the table for the first time ever this year. 
a lot of those were not new games. And for some of them, it's first time really, I should say. So for some of those, it's also the first time I've done them since starting this gaming log of mine back in 2020. So I got some newer games on the table. Uh, some of them were new to me, though. And let's start with that kind of list. First and foremost, and we're going to not count, you know, I'll also say some of these 32 were non-sports games, right? So I'm not going to go through any of the non-sports games for this um, for this episode either. The first of the brand new games that were sports games was Small Ball. Now, I think Small Ball actually had been released previously, but Matt McKeever kind of made this more available uh, to others. He had created as part of a gaming contest on the Game Crafter a few, I think a couple of years ago. Um, but with the release of Pocket Pen and Run, and I think it was more along the lines of like uh, version two of Pocket Pen and Run, he decided to also make Small Ball available. And just a great little game. Uh, perfect travel size game because it's a business card size game. You need a business card, a die, maybe two die. I think it was only one die and like maybe two die. And then um, just a dry erase marker. That's really all you need to, to bring this along with you. So perfect little game. And I had a lot of fun playing with it. Just And again, it's just something to kind of pass the time. You're not going to do projects with this game. It's more of a sports theme game. But it had that really fun like risk-reward element where you had to decide at what point were you willing to bank your runs to be able to add them to your total um, instead of like you know continuing the inning. So pretty interesting stuff there. So Small Ball was a one that was brand new this year. Um, just recently released Fast Inning Baseball. And I think, you know, with the growth of Express Games, Fast Inning Baseball is going to be one of those that a lot of people are going to turn to uh, early and often. Uh, it just gives you a nice, easy way to do some cross-generational play. You can replay throughout an entire season. I mean, I think its advantage is going to be as a companion to another game. But it stands on its own, right? And I definitely was enjoying replaying some series with it, some playoffs, <clears throat> even doing like a season replay. Like I was replaying the 1980 Mets, as I said, and got more than halfway through the season just rolling, uh, you know, using a, that chart. So it was a really interesting game, and I think it's going to be a, a fan favorite really quickly. <coughs> so Fast Inning Baseball, a brand new game uh, this year. As I go down the list, 49 Quick Decks Football. Uh, this is the new game by 49 Sports Games. Uh, Grant Fines is the creator here. We got a chance to talk to Grant this year. 49 Quick Decks. Um, he also has On the Turf Football, and he has started to showcase also on his YouTube channel. If you go check his YouTube channel out, he's starting to show his new hockey game as well that I don't think is ready for release just yet, but so that's where he's really focusing his energy right now. 49 Quick Decks Football, uh, the ability to play both Canadian and uh, NFL football using this game engine. Uh, it uses the fast action cards. You know, for me, it's still playing a little bit longer just as I'm getting used to it. But it it's a game that is going to be able to be played pretty quickly 
as you kind of go through it. So 49 quick decks football is another new full play game. This one's not the quick decks version is more focused on the offense with some defensive modifiers His on the turf is the one that's going to allow you to really see the full impact of both offenses and defenses. And that game will take a little bit longer to play um, with a little bit more complexity with the defenses added in. We also had a brand new game from ST Patrick this year, and that's matchup football. And as I've said before, and I will probably early on in 2024 be doing a inside look at matchup football, but matchup football is built for college football first. And I think that's the real selling point of matchup football is the fact that it has been designed primarily to showcase the differences in the levels of teams at the college ranks. And I think it has some interesting elements in the engine to allow for dominant college football teams to dominate the way that they're supposed to. So we'll get more into the weeds on matchup football, but I've had a chance to play a couple of games with it now this year, brand new game on the market. If you get a chance to check it out, I think it's if, especially if you're a college football fan, this is one for you. Uh, because most of the games are built first for the pro game, and then they try to fit college into it. This one starts at the college level. And I think he'll introduce the NFL for this game as well. But focusing on college, uh, I think was good choice by ST, because this game really shines when you see college teams being played on it. So matchup football was another new one. Play Games also had some new games, uh, and they've actually got three that just came out, and all of these came out as part of the holiday sale. So hopefully you had a chance to grab them. I don't think any of them are available. Well, one of them probably still is. We had uh, Draft Duel. It's more of a sports theme game, but the idea is that you have a deck of cards and you're trying to play fantasy football. So... I have to play this game a little bit more to get a better feel for it. It's probably another one that we'll do an inside look on at some point this year. Um, I think it's going to be another fan favorite built on the similar engine to scorecards, which uh, a lot of people were loving scorecards this year as a non-sports game. But this kind of gives you a sports feel and how to play scorecards. And you can play with a group. You can play head-to-head. And they've also built a solo engine into it as well. So Giraffe Duel, brand new game from Play. And then they introduced two more Express games with Hockey Blast Express and Lacrosse Blast Express. Um, I, I know a lot of people who got a chance to get in early on Hockey Blast Express are really enjoying it. Um, it plays quickly. So does Lacrosse Blast Express and and both do a really nice job of recreating like your score totals there. So, um, and you're still getting a chance to use those individual cards, which I think is one of the selling points to some of the play express games is that you can use the same cards for the full games as you can for the express games. And that is true again for hockey blast and lacrosse blast that you can play either full game or express with these new games. So those were all games that 
I got to my table and really were new games this year. There are some other new games that I didn't even get a chance to get to this year. Um, but those were, that's the short list of new games. In addition to that, like here's a list of other games that we talked about a little bit, but Payoff Pitch Softball was brand new for me this year. Uh, Basho Sumo, both of these by Sideline Strategy Games. The ASG Thoroughbred Racing Game, first time I had played that was this year. Uh, we had, let's see, who else on here? Season Ticket Baseball was a brand new one for me this year. Off the Board Horse Racing, uh, we had the chance to sit down and talk with Eric Simon this year and First time I got a chance to play his game. And that pretty much was it. And then, you know, footy, uh, which I talked about a little bit last week. And this one hasn't necessarily been released just yet, but Bob Hansen um, has a game. And that was the first time I got a chance to play that. And that was another thing that I took advantage of this year was um, doing a little bit more playtesting, um, people sending me some newer games, maybe things that are being developed or free games, you know, trying to go out there and just find like people who have like free games out there. Uh, Rob Gallimore, somebody who has a number of games out there and they're still mostly in development. Like a lot of these games are kind of like beta games more than anything else um, in some places, but they're still playable. Right. And I think that's something that you can enjoy in this hobby as well is people who are trying to work on games and, and just want to put them out there for the community to use. So that was a great way to kind of pump those numbers up for me this year was to take advantage of folks that were, were offering games just for free. Um, so I took advantage of those too. So that was a lot of the newer stuff for this past year. And honestly, I don't know how many of those I would have tried. Uh, there's a, a few of those would have definitely been on my table, uh, even if I wasn't trying to get a lot of games on my table. But I definitely think I increased the number of games that I got exposed to this year because of the idea of just trying to say like, hey, let's see how many of these games I can get to the table this year. So. Now, that also has some, you know, side points, because I can tell you there are some games that um, are in my collection that I've, you know, got them on the table. And I said, yeah, and that's probably it. That's probably the last time for me. Right. Because while they probably met the need at one point and they certainly did at, at some point, there's a reason I bought those games. And I think that they were good reasons for buying them when I bought them the time has just passed for them a lot. So I, you know, some of the games in my collection won't get played a whole lot. And then, you know, and then it's the decision, like what's more important, like keeping it as a collectible item or getting rid of it because it's just taking up space in my closet. And um, if I reach that point, that's something that I'll definitely have to do and think about. So, yeah. All right. So that's it on the new stuff. So overall, like, um, with the podcast, because I did want to switch focus here and talk a little bit about the creative content too. And there were some goals that I had for the creative content. I'm really happy with where the podcast is right now. And I think the numbers of uh, people who seem to be enjoying the podcast tells me that I'm getting into a good place with the formula. Um, <clears throat> was really happy with the number of interviews I was able to complete and you all respond really well to the interviews. So that's something that I will definitely be looking to continue in 2024. I think interviews 
It's a great way to meet members of the community. It's a great way to hear from game designers and talk about projects with folks. So all of those things were reasons to do the interviews. And I think that really came through nicely. Um, and I thank everybody who was able to join me this year for interviews. Uh, we've got one more next week, hopefully, uh, but that's really going to be a focus as well for 2024. Um, yeah, it, you know, lists are a big thing. People love seeing lists and, and, you know, last week's episode is a good example of that. Like if I can provide you a list, then, you know, people respond well to that. And I think lists are a great, great way to just kind of bring some summarized content. So I'll continue to do lists. This year, I got a little bit further away from things like the inside looks. And I think it will be helpful to continue to showcase games, but I also want to take advantage of building some more YouTube content in 2024. The inside look might be a good way to do that because talking about games is one thing. Being able to see them as you're talking through them is another. So, And there's a lot of people out there who do a good job um, of introducing you to games and showing you how they play. Uh, I think, you know, Steve Tower does a tremendous job of that, of showcasing games. Uh, we had a chance to talk with Steve this year. Another person who's out there creating a lot of really good content on YouTube um, that we haven't had a chance to talk to yet is uh, Marco Scola. And he has done some really good work of showcasing games and giving you a nice preview of the game and then showing you how it gets played. So, you know, there are some people out there who are doing a really good job. Should I be one of them? Don't know yet. So I'll either do the inside looks as part of like the podcast or I'll start to introduce it more in the YouTube content. As far as the YouTube content goes, haven't done a lot of it. Um, I have been thinking about what to do in that space next year. If I even want to really pursue it as a main thing, that's that's probably another thing that's for me to decide at this point. Probably the most successful thing I did this year was talking about using ChatGPT. And I still think ChatGPT has an ability to really play a powerful role in our gaming community just to help with the automation of different tasks. Um, I can see people taking advantage of like AI tools for um, visual content, maybe creating like fictional characters that will be part of their games, um, creating logos. There's a lot of different things you can do. And um, it, it could even help people who are doing game design, right? Like you can take advantage of some of the AI tools to help you with game design. But I really enjoyed using it to try to think through and have something to play off of that could actually contribute to the conversation in creating some of my summaries and creating like some fictional leagues and helping me come up with team names, all that kind of stuff. And it, it does struggle at times because it has some limited knowledge there, but it definitely learns as it connects with you. And I think that's the part that you can really take advantage of. So that was probably the most successful content that I was able to get out there in YouTube this year. Um, but really pleased with where the podcast is, have no intentions of slowing down at this point. And I will be touching base on what's coming in 2024 in just a couple of weeks. 
But that's really it. That's my year in review. You heard last week the top games. Uh, you heard a little bit this week about some of the new games. You heard my project recaps. And overall, I'm really pleased with how this year played out on my tabletop. And the fact that I got a chance to get to a couple of events this year, you know, had once again the, uh, the ability to get to play.con, which I think is one of the signature events each year. And I'm looking forward to being there again next year. I just bought my ticket. Now I got to figure out if I can actually make the trip happen or not. Um, had a chance to get to the Cooperstown, the fall ball at the hall event that play games ran. And that was a lot of fun. Um, there are more events that are starting to get planned for next year. And I want to take advantage of those. I want to take advantage of getting together with you, different members of the communities and, um, getting a chance to just sit down and play games together because as much as this is, as we've said before, I've said this before, right? But as much as this is a solo hobby, the interaction with others um, brings a lot to this hobby too. And I've enjoyed all these events that I've been able to get to, and I'm hoping to get to more of them in 2024 as well. So hopefully we're going to continue to do that. On that note too, cooperative events, you know, I kind of glanced over those with the projects, but there were a couple of cooperative events this year that I was able to take part in. Um, and the high, one of the highlights for me for the year is always the play tour and thank Paul Salzgaber for running those events, you know, short and sweet, just a couple of months kind of building up something, but getting a chance to get history maker golf on the table, uh, really a, a you know that really works out well and i think there's some good formulas to running cooperative events that we need to take advantage of probably the highlight for me this year was our uh 2023 scram season and you know i kind of organized that and got everybody engaged you know we had a lot of different people who who took part in it and the fact that we were able to complete like and i forget the exact number but the goal was you know 30 races in 30 days and we did we completed at a pace where we completed the entire 2023 scram season in just about 30, 33 days, whatever the number of races was, that's how many days it took us pretty much to run through that entire season. So to run through an entire schedule in just a little over a month was pretty incredible. Uh, and it can't be done without good participation across the board from a lot of folks. So uh, that's what a really good cooperative event can do. So whether it's the play tour, um, you know, the 2023 scram, I am hoping to, you know, get engaged in a couple of those again next year too. And, you know, with the express games out there, maybe that's something that becomes a little bit more possible. We'll see. All right. That's a wrap on 2023, even though I got a couple weeks to go and I'm hoping to get a little bit more done in terms of some gaming, uh, wrapping up just one more project and setting up a couple of things for 2024. My year is pretty much done. So I want to thank everybody for all their support throughout the year for the podcast and looking forward to just another great year uh, of enjoying this hobby with all of you next year. But let's come back and do an official wrap up in just a second. All right, and that's a wrap on 2023. 
let's look ahead at the, just a couple more weeks left. And I thought I only had one more episode left for the year, but it turns out I can sneak in two more. So we're going to do that. And still working on the order of those last two. But here's what's coming up. First, we're going to have our final interview of the year. Hopefully before the year is out, just working on some scheduling things. But we're going to sit down with Al Wilson and talk about fast inning baseball. The new game that he just released on Friday, I believe. I think it just came out on Friday. So hopefully you've had a chance to check out fast inning baseball. But if you haven't yet, check out his videos and we'll have a chance to sit down with Al sometime over the next couple weeks. And then the other episode that will be kind of our bonus one for the year is we'll take advantage of ending the year with a kickoff of 2024. And it will be my annual planning episode for 2024. And we'll talk all about the things that are coming to my tabletop in the new year. We'll also talk about what's coming with the podcast and what other content might be coming. So some some announcements coming up, and uh, that will either be next week or the week after as we kind of plan out these final two episodes of this year. Again, send me an email, tabletopsportcast at gmail.com. Love to hear your topic ideas, questions you might have. If you just want to chat about stuff that's going on in the community, or if you want to just tell me about a project you're working on, you can do that at the email. If you'd like to see what's happening on my tabletop, head on over to facebook.com backslash tabletop sportcast, where I usually post about the things that are going on from my tabletop throughout the week. And then finally, I'll make another plea for anybody who would like to help support the podcast. It's a dollar a month. It's 25, that works out to like 25 cents an episode. You can head on over to patreon.com backslash tabletop sportcast. Occasionally I'll add some additional content there. Um, but really it's just to help offset costs for the podcast and keep it. So, you know, I'll, I'm not even going to say it's going to keep it. I probably won't ever add, add revenue to this podcast because it's not really something I would enjoy. And I'm sure you would not enjoy it either. So, but if you'd like to help support the podcast, that's a great way to do that is to head on over to patreon.com and backslash tabletop sportcast and, you know, $1 a month. That's all that's being asked there. Um, and I will just thank everyone who has been supporting the podcast uh, over this past year, the year before. Um, it, it, go, it goes a long way to helping out with things, and I just appreciate uh, your willingness to be able to do that. So thank you to all the supporters, and hopefully that you're happy with the content that we're continuing to provide here. So that's a wrap on this episode. Look forward to talking to you next week, and until then, thank you for listening. <laughs>